Our This Week in XR podcast is sponsored by our friends at Sapper, the world's leading augmented reality platform and creative studio. With over 11 years of experience working with the world's biggest brands through Zapper Creative Studio. Zapper also has an award-winning web AR platform, Zapworks, that lets you create your own mobile AR magic. Finally, check out their Zap Box, the most affordable mixed reality headset on the planet. Start creating AR over at zap.works or talk to them about your next AR project at zapper.com. Got it. Good morning, everyone. It's Friday, the 23rd of September. I'm Charlie Fink here with Ted Chilowitz for This Week in XR. Our We're rolling into the fall now, Charlie. How has your fall been? Uh... <laughs> yeah, well, I, I tell time by semester, you know. Yeah, that's right, because you're a teacher. The yeah. one class that I'm teaching is actually an eight-week class. They're on trimesters, and we started in the middle of August. So that class is actually almost at the end. <laughs> mm. oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's like, it's only, uh, it's only, it's not even Halloween yet, and that class is almost I, it's a, I, I, I won't go down that rabbit hole, but let me just say, to teach this topic, uh, even in the broadest possible way, in 24 hours is more or less impossible. Right. right. Uh, you know, and I talk fast. So anyway, let's let's get to the first bit of news. I, I don't know if it's um, a super big headline since everybody knows it, uh, but the Pico 4 is being released next month uh, in Europe, Japan, and Korea. Uh, pretty big markets where, interestingly, the Quest does not have the biggest footprint, right? They're mostly big in the U.S. So I think that's kind of smart on their part. For those of you who don't remember, TikTok bought Pico, uh, which was a headset that was used in Asia and in the U.S. for enterprises, but, you know, really like a fifth place uh, company. And Pico, of course, I mean, uh, ByteDance, of course, which purchased Pico is the parent company of TikTok, which so is... Do you, think, do you think it's somewhat telling that the two largest social media companies on the planet own the two most sort of vibrant VR ecosystems. Is there something telling about that in some fashion? Yeah, probably because if you go through the specs and the plans for Pico, if you look at their operating system and their home screen and their selection of software, it looks an awfully like, it looks like Meta's. Yeah, it's very similar, right? There's a lot of parallels. They're marketing the same game experiences. They're marketing the same social use cases. And the, the device, price is the same. <laughs> price is the same. The device seems very similar on specs, although uh, the Pico seems to have a better um, screen no, technology. Pico, Pico is a better, dollar for dollar, the Pico is a better headset. Yeah. Uh, the Quest is more developed. They have a bigger app store. I mean, I'm, you know, kudos to Pico for pulling together even the app store that they have. They have a lot of AAA titles. Right. It does, again, it doesn't look that different than Meta's. What don't they have? Well, they don't have very well developed social VR. They're working on their own version of Horizon. I mean, everything about it is, is like the Quest, but their biggest, obviously, um, Social spaces are, you know, going to be ones that already exist, like VR Chat, which has very, very strong, right, robust international, users. international uh, uh, membership. So, you know, I don't know. I think it's good for there to be more than one choice in the market. Absolutely, I think when you talk to the developer community and the community in general, the idea of having viable competition with roughly the same specs, and of course, we've got PlayStation nipping at everybody's heels with them just showing off at some trade shows now and. People getting very excited. Supposed about to be great. Quality. Tethered headset supposed to be great uh, because the you know PlayStation Five is so powerful in terms of being just a graphics monster. 
So, um, you know, I thought that was uh, pretty interesting news. And of course, you know, it comes as a moment when Meta is facing very strong headwinds, strong skepticism about whether they'll really be able to transition the revenue that the company had coming in from the social media business to the metaverse business. Uh, and of course, the recession is going to affect everybody, in particular tech companies, uh, which won't be rolling in free cash the way they were last year. Well, because um, of advertising pullback, right? So the yeah. recession has a direct effects on advertising. But but I do think it's interesting that, that Pico is taking the you know tens of billions of dollars that they're making in social media, money they've arguably stolen from meta brands, right. and they're putting it to work in the metaverse also. I mean, it is a little crazy, but you know, it shows you the power of, of VR to yep. influence people's thinking about what the future is going to look like. Absolutely. Really interesting. So anyway, good luck to Pico. Congrats. Um, and we have another uh, kind of interesting take on XR that raised uh, $15 million this week, uh, Brellian, uh, which um, offers, I don't know what else to call it, but an immersive monitor. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sort of a 180 degree thing you kind of lean into. It's super high resolution. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's no friction. You just use it like a regular monitor, which you know how I hate friction. So uh, I think there's uh, there's something to this, I think, particularly for PC gamers. Yeah, this is a good step. I, as we mentioned when we were pre doing our before our, our starting recording, um, I'm involved in an accelerator down in San Diego that was an early, early investor and supporter of this. So I've seen the tech a number of times, I've tested it. Um, it works. You know, you basically tuck your head into the thing yes. and it surrounds you sort of like, you know, the big curved IMAX theaters. Mm -hmm. You sit up close enough in that theater, you kind of can't see the edges of the screen, right? This is like a miniature version of that. So it's great for design work. It's great for kind of immersive, like you don't want any distractions and you want to be inside that world. I think automotive is going to adopt it a lot. People that really need to look at what something will feel like in the real world, but don't want to wear a headset to do that. Well, also, you know, there are a lot of professions, again, you mentioned design, where you're going to dip in and out, right? Right, And this is a, a really easy, fast way to do that. You don't have a headset. There's just no friction. And so, and again, I think the gamer application is yeah, so easy. interesting because, you know, pe people, uh, you know, PC gaming has become big again. Yeah, people like this stuff and, and they want, you know, unique selling points. So that's a good, it's, we're, we're excited about it. We think it's, there's a future for this stuff. So, so there's a, another company raised some money this week that we know less of because they are, uh, based in London, they're called Tactile, and they make AR-enabled uh, work instructions uh, for uh, assisted reality and augmented reality enterprise uh, devices. So uh, that use case is not going away. Yeah, we, we refer to this as the paint-by-numbers case, right? When you <laughs> understand the concept of paint-by-numbers, you apply it to almost everything. How do you train better? Paint-by-numbers. See right. it, learn it, do it, right? Mm -hmm. And the idea of virtualizing that creating simulation technology to do that is a huge thing. So, yeah, they 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 call their their uh, operating system or I guess uh, 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 manifest AR. Mm -hmm. So uh, they've got their own brand that they're working on. Okay, here's a story that is really great, which is Jane's Defense Weekly uh, coming to the rescue of the Army's IVAS Integrated Visual Augmentation System. Yeah. Uh, has uh, has informed us that 5,000 headsets are now in, being delivered uh, in the field, uh, which is kind of incredible because I think last time we talked about IVAS, we were writing its um, 
we were arguing yeah. about the inscription on its tombstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it seems that, uh, well, the army, by the way, to their credit, has always been enthusiastic about this and still is. Mm -hmm. Apparently, soldiers really like it. The re reliability problems are overstated. They've offloaded a lot of the computing onto a puck so it's lighter and, you know, can fit more like a visor. Uh, it's, you know, pretty, pretty interesting stuff. And, and you know, I think technic possibly, you know, whether it works or not, is going to push things forward. But if you combine the fact that Congress is kind of slow walking it and skeptical and slighted them in the current budget yeah. um, and Microsoft's own problems with the HoloLens and the HoloLens team, it's not surprising that people have been writing this off. Yeah. Um, but but if you see the pictures and you talk to the people in the army, it's just so damn cool and such an obvious application that that you got to believe something is going to come out of this that's yeah. going to walk mean, you know, fighter pilots have been using heads-up displays in combat and in training for generations now, right? So the idea of a soldier on the ground using that same technology, that heads-up display, delivering all kinds of information, biometrics and, you know, field data and all that stuff. I thought it was interesting when you mentioned that they've offloaded some of it to the puck. It made me, it reminded me that our friends at Magic Leap mm. are doing a similar use case with Lowe's, right? So it's not the army, but it's at scale, right? right? Lowe's is using these digital twins within Magic Leap to train how to look at stocking inventory. And it's almost the same use case, right? It's just how much information can you get up here to yeah. help that person do their job? Right? Well, and of course, retail is an obvious situation where the worker needs to keep their hands free. Correct. So it's just interesting. It's a similar, yep. similar touch point. Yeah, but I mean, again, when you think about it, I mean, soldiers have already got night vision glasses. They're already wearing a communication systems. I mean, a lot of this can be yeah, they already got a lot aggregated together, already. right? Exactly. So you can add a little more positional data, you know, instead, you know, call it an airstrike. I don't know. <laughs> the uh, But, you know, if you're wearing it, your hands are free. And you got to believe that in a situation like an inf infantry would see, uh, that is the number one requirement. Absolutely. Um, so we uh, had a story this week. Uh, I don't know if you remember, Walmart bought an AR company called ZKit last yeah. year. Yeah. And ZKit's technology has popped up on the Walmart app where you can now do a virtual fitting, like take clothes that you're interested in and see them on, right now it uses a model. So it's sort of like you're dressing a Barbie that maybe has your same body type, mm -hmm. but now you can use yourself Right. And it'll dress you. And apparently, I have not used it. I don't have the Walmart app. But apparently, you know, it will be very bespoke where the fabric will move. You'll see its texture, um, it how it drapes on your measurements, which is, of course, the, the main thing people want to see when they're buying clothes. So uh, I, is, I don't know. That is one of those steps to the metaverse, right, is that concept mm -hmm. of using technology to replace something that we would do in the real world, go try on clothes. We saw this now, you know, quite a while back, years ago with Warby Parker, right, as one of the first to adopt the, uh, the, the virtual try-on for glasses, uh, because it's an easy thing, right? You can sort of take a picture of your face and swap the glasses on, and that's, that's an early metaverse sort of use case, and this is an extension of that, I think. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think Walmart, of all the big um, retailers, you don't hear like of Target doing AR things or VR things. Walmart seems to be, uh, like Amazon, really leaning into the possibilities beyond the 2D screen. Absolutely. And I also think they're starting to think about their customers as being um, mobile first. 
Well, and just when you understand the size and the scope of Walmart, the amount of customers that they touch on a daily basis, the idea that they can just capture a slight little audience that might be interested in this is actually at, at significant scale for them. And, and I think it's so just fishing customers. where the fish are for them. Right. Um, you know, especially given, uh, you know, that their audience is sensitive to pricing. They're said, you know, they're going to care about sales. Now they're the biggest grocery store in the world. Right. So, you know, again, the opportunity to constantly be engaged with them via mobile, uh, you know, is huge because they're already in this. If it's your grocery store, you're already there twice a week. Yeah, well, if you if you look at the parallel between like the the two or three giants in the tech world, you know, Microsoft, Google, Apple, going in battle in the retail world, it's really Amazon and Walmart. Those are the two big ones, right? Yeah. So Walmart needs to be more technologically advanced. They need to keep trying to do whatever they can to be as tech forward as possible to just to compete against Amazon. Yeah, and then and they've got you know Target and Costco. Um, which are companies that are definitely in the game trying to figure out, you know, what retail is really going to mean in the 21st century. And, and when are you going to really leave your house and what, what has to incentivize you to do that? Certainly groceries because yes. freshness is such an issue. And, and I, you know, my wife has done a bunch of virtual shopping because of the pandemic, but I really feel like I need to be in the store. I need that 3d interface to kind of remember what I want. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, here's, a, here's an interesting little anecdotal story. I was driving on the way back from Vegas yesterday, and we stop in a place called Baker, which is like the halfway point where you charge the car. And there's a little gas station, you know, kind of convenience store there. Pretty low rent kind of place, right? Yeah. I go in there, and there's a guy with a Matterport camera, like a full-on Matterport. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Matterport camera. Of course, I'm the only human probably. Who will ever know what the hell he's doing. Right? Yeah. And also, the Matterport camera looks like it's surveying equipment. Yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't like look like a camera. Equipment. And, but I see the logo, <laughs> like, so I talked to the guy for a little bit. He's like, yeah, we're doing this whole digital twin project for all these gas stations uh, around various travel routes because we're mapping efficiencies and we're learning what customers buy and how they move through the store. And the best way to do that is to build a 3D scan. I so think, honestly, I think Google is going to buy them because so? I'll, I'll tell you why, because um, Google has the digital twin of the exterior of the physical world. Right. So this and Matterport the has now the issue here. This gets interesting. Who owns? I mean, we know the exterior. There have been Who some legal inside? claims to ownership of it, but it really are never going to fly. But the interior is a very private and privately owned space. Mm -hmm. So any public, quote unquote, public space like a retail store, uh, you have to have the cooperation of the owner. Otherwise, they're going to claim that you are using their asset so to make money. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the question is, will Google make it so compelling, just like Google Docs and everything else that's Google that says, we'll scan your store for free. You don't have to pay a penny for it. And, and they'll be- You give us the permission. Market. Yeah. Um, I think that's really interesting. I mean, it goes along with this Lamina one, uh, with the yeah. Lamina one, the thing that Matt Meisnikes is doing, yeah. where he's trying to take places in the physical world and make them um, accessible in the metaverse. Digital waste stops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's our show this week, Ted. It was a short one. But meanwhile, have a great weekend, everybody. And we'll see you back here next week. Bye.